So thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Professor Yebuyelo, for all your efforts to organize this event. And thank you, all of you, for being here instead of the beautiful city of Favignan. Uh, unfortunately, I have to transfer to a different domain, far from metals, which are more friendly. My topic is related to the test earlier presented by Professor Maxilis about the Brazilian test. The material we study with this test is uh, uh, usually geomaterials, uh, very brick materials like uh, marble, rocks, uh, concrete, and so on. Uh, the reason for introducing this material is that the Tensite test with brick materials, the classical Tensite test, is very difficult. It's not friendly material. Many years ago, when I was very younger, my professor, uh, gave me a, a volume of marble, the marble used for the Parthenon temple, and asked me to determine the, the tensile strength. And he gave me a limit of six months. I was impressed because he usually had very narrow limits. And I saw that he was joking. So after too many years, my professor passed away, and uh, I was not able to determine finally what is the tensile strength of this marble. It's not very friendly material, unfortunately, it's neutropic, homogeneous, and very, very brief. This is the main problem. So, uh, Caneiro and Akazawa, rather independently, proposed this uh, substitute test. I think the history is known. And uh, a few years later, around 1959, I think, Hons presented a theoretical solution, considering that the distribution of uh, the load uh, is uniform. So, immediately after the test was introduced, there was too many papers criticizing uh, its validity because usually there is a local fracture around the area where the load is applied. We interpose soft inserts to reduce uh, this phenomenon, which increases friction, which is an opposite uh, unfriendly result. Uh, in spite of this criticism, however, the test is very, very simple, and that is why ISRM around 1978 and ASTM have standardized the test. We can see the standardized picture proposed by ISRM. The second uh, application of this test, um, the first one is to determine the fracture, the tensile strength, is to determine the fracture toughness, assuming that this configuration is equivalent to this because KIC is the resistance of the material to the propagation of a crack under tensile uh, loading. We use the CCMBD specimen or the CSTBD, the terminology is familiar to be working, uh, various techniques to cut the crack. Even also this test is standardized by SRM around 1995 and it is very widely used worldwide to determine fracture toughness of brittle materials. Although the test is standardized, however, this is the formula to determine KIC according to the standard, there are still some open issues uh, related mainly to the stress field and to the exact expressions for the stress intensity factors which uh, could take into account both uh, the influence of the friction stresses developed along the platen specimen interface 
and also the exact shape and length of the crack, because cracks are usually machined by rotating discs. So the length cannot be very short, so that interference with the boundaries could be avoided, and also are not mathematical cracks. What I mean by the mathematical cracks? In practice, instead of a crack, we have not fatigue pre-crack in these cases. We have rather a slit which is more or less rectangular with four distinct corners of uh, finite curvature, uh, which uh, results to removing an amount of material. On the contrary, in theoretical analysis, it is familiar to all of us that when we consider a crack, the distance between the leads is zero, and this uh, leads in linear elasticity to the infinite stress field very close to the tip, which uh, leads to the need to introduce the stress factor to describe the stress field amplification. So, as a first step, we tried to solve the impact of this problem, which was solved, in fact, by Timoshenko many, many years ago, using real analysis. We redefined his solution by considering the problem as a contact problem between the disk and the platen. There are some expressions here concerning the contact length, which is not constant. As the load increases, the contact length increases also, because both the loading platen, the jaw, and the specimen are elastic materials. This is the distribution of load, of the stresses along the interface, which is not constant, as it was supposed by Hombros, uh, the material constant is the load. Now, having the solution for the impact disk, the next step was uh, to determine the stress field in the actual state, which is a finite disk, this is the main problem, with a finite crack, with a finite distance between the lips and finite curvature. It was, uh, I think, a very challenging problem. Uh, many assumptions uh, had to be done. This is the configuration when the test is implemented experimentally according to ISRM. <coughs> and uh, in order to solve theoretically the problem, we took advantage of the circular ring solution, which was recently obtained in closed form. We have a ring with a finite radius R and finite inner radius R. And we determined the complex potential describing this uh, field. You can see these expressions for the Muskelis-Villis complex potential, although not very simple, are rather friendly to handle them. So based on this solution, we added patches, removed patches, and then we arrived to the configuration of a rectangular slit. So we assumed that the complex potential describing this configuration are the ones describing the ring, plus two functions that should be determined that describe the disturbance of the field due to their uh, transformation, transform from ring to a slit. We had to use, or we decided to use Muskelis-Villis formally, and what is most important was to find a convenient transformation function to transform the problem from the real plane to the imaginary unit uh, disk. This is the transformation finally. It is not ours. It was used also by Savin many, many years ago. It is a more or less complicated transformation, but it works. You can see the constants used by Savin and by us. 
And unfortunately, you can see here, after too many efforts, the complex potential. You can compare phi to z with the expected expression for the circular disk. And also psi to z, psi of zeta. It's not uh, in a single slide, unfortunately. This is the continuation. You can compare this expression with the one for the circular ring. Of course, uh, the inverse transformation is not easily managed. And uh, the question is whether it is worth dealing with such expressions. In uh, nowadays, we have finite element solutions so on. Recently, I was asked by one of my reviewers in a paper to validate my solution with finite elements. I don't know whether it is correct, but I was asked to do it. I think the opposite is correct, validating finite elements with analytic ones, but okay. <coughs> These are the expressions for GI. Uh, we don't need mathematical details. And since we have uh, the complex potential, it is now easy, relatively easy, to determine closed form expression for the stresses and for the displacement, the inverse procedure. Now, some of the results, you can see the, the, uh, the stress field along the axis of symmetry, in case the disk is loaded in compression, and in case the disk is loaded in tension. This is the theoretically uh, one, the theoretical configuration provides KI, this is the one unit. You can see that the two uh, distributions are not exactly equal, which means that the two configurations are not exactly identical or equivalent. And you can see the role of the width of the slit, which increases tremendously as expected the stress field. But in any case, the most important is that the stress field remains bounded. If we have a slit rather than a crack, the stress field remains unbounded. And this is the first conclusion. While the second one is that the two configurations are not exactly identical, which means that we should reconsider our approach to determine KIC using Brazilian distance. Uh, motivated by this uh, observation, we studied the field along the boundary for some configurations, you can see that the point where maximum stress appears is not always the mid point of the configuration. It could be also the corners of the slit, but this depends on the exact uh, size of B, of the width of the slit. Sometimes the interaction of the two uh, fields uh, reduces the stress field at M, or sometimes it amplifies the stress field at M. So, you can see here the stress concentration. We cannot uh, talk about stress intensity factor now. For the two configurations, the compression, Brazilian distress, and the original one, the you can see the stress concentration point A, which is the corner, black line, always higher than the concentration at M, as expected. But in case of direct tension, the concentration at this point, black line, is uh, lower than the concentration at A, which explains why sometimes cracks do not start along the axis of symmetry, but from the corners of the slits, even if they are rounded. Unfortunately, in case the crack is inclined with respect to the load, things are much more difficult because the slit deforms in a strange manner, doesn't become an ellipse as it is in the direct tension test. We found the displacement field, and based on this field, we could determine the stress components. Again, the stress components are different at the midpoint and at the corner. And what is also to be considered is that the stress field depends on the material. 
This is strange and could be sound erroneous. The stress field does depend indirectly on the material because the material dictates the contact angle. The lower the stiffness, the higher the contact angle. The most uniform distribution and as a result the stress field at the tip of the crack appears to depend also on the ratio of the stiffness of the material and the job. Which sounds natural, but saying directly the stress depends on the material could be erroneous. Then again, using Michelin's formulas and knowing phi and psi, we could determine the displacement field. You can see here some deformed cracks. Some peculiar events appear here, described many years ago by Theofaris, the overlapping of the crack pits, which is a non-natural phenomenon, it's just because contact stresses appear if the crack is under compression. All these phenomena can be discussed. You can see here the deformed configuration of the slip and the rotation, the slip of the tip and the two tips with respect to each other. Now, validating of the solution, we started with DIC. We failed because the stress field, the displacement field is very weak. Then uh, I followed Sir Harris, my professor, and tried to use to solve the problem using caustics. Unfortunately, exact uh, expressions for the caustics does not exist for a slit. We have only solutions for uh, mathematical cracks. Uh, we are not yet at the position to define closed form expression for the caustics, so I had to use finite elements, although I do not like it. Uh, we prepared with ANSYS a model uh, following the procedure that standard procedure. We validated the model against Atkinson solution for a short crack, which is pioneering work in the field of fracture toughness with the Brazilian test. We were in good uh, accordance with his predictions. And then the validated model was used to check our results for the simplest configurations uh, loading the Brazilian test. You can see that, although not perfect, the agreement is more or less satisfactory, taking into account our assumptions, which are not very too many. So, uh, I think that we could stop here and uh, conclude that although the Brazilian distest is very widely used and generally accepted, we should think again about its results. There are two problems. The exact shape of the crack, which is a slit, plays a huge role the distribution of stresses along the contact arc plays a huge role. And finally, there are some strange effects. The crack rotates during loading unless it is aligned vertically or horizontally. This rotation, which was recently quantified, induces also shear stresses, additional shear stresses along the interface. We have gradient pressure. We have friction due to the relative uh, uh, displacement, and also we have Coulomb friction due to this rotation tendency. Ignoring this effect, the influence on the intact disc is very small. In case of long tracks, which interfere with the boundary, the results cannot be ignored. And so, although this is not our work, it is a work of ISTM or of ISRO groups, we believe that the configuration of the Brazilian, of the crack Brazilian test, should be reconsidered in the direction of taking into account all these factors that influence the results. Uh, but in any case, uh, I do not uh, like for you to think that this is a criticism. No, it's not a criticism. We just want to understand deeper 
the Brazilian disk test, since it's so widely used and its results are used in practice, and uh, perhaps we should increase at least the safety factors for the first step. Thank you very much.